0: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you like our Star Trek podcast, Inglorious Trek Sports, you'll love Disco Nights with host Chase Masterson as she takes you around the galaxy of Star Trek Discovery with new episodes premiering every Thursday night.
1: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and this is Darren Docterman, and we're, we're the, the Inglorious Experts.
0: And if we got an episode for you today. What's the deal with Doctor Spock?
1: <laughs> what, what is the deal de- with Doctor Spock?
0: Well, we're we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what it's like to know nothing about Star Trek. You know, those people, <laughs> it, it, the people, there are people out there, and 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 uh, I, I want to. I'm going to introduce you in a second. First, uh, I, I want to r- remind you we have with us today. Um, Ashley E. Miller is back. Ew. Ashley is a uh, writer producer on Lore, and he was on Black Sails, and and uh, Terminator the Sarah Connor. Connor. <laughs> One day I'm going to get it right. Terminator the Sarah Terminator, Terminator the Chronicles. Sarah Sarah Connor Sarah? Chronicles. Terminator, Terminator the TV series. Damn right. And uh, uh, he of course wrote Thor and X Men First Class, and and is a Trek extraordinaire. Ashley, welcome back. Thank you. He was on Terminator the
1: Sarah Connor terminator <laughs> this year now you know why we
2: only lasted two freaking seasons because nobody knew what the hell they were watching why couldn't they call you it word them? of mouth if you can't pronounce even
1: arnold schwarzenegger
0: could say that and now he can't talk now you're probably <laughs> figuring who we who we got out of, off the street who knows nothing about star trek where do we find such a person who, who <laughs> knew nothing about this this franchise it's been around for 50 years well we had to look high and low but i'm very very happy to have uh as our special guest, a good friend, uh, you probably know him as the one of the stars of uh, the hit TV show, The Librarians. Um, he is an actor and a writer, and uh, he's he's directing now, and just a super talent, and one of the nicest people I've ever met, and and uh, that's uh, it's just extraordinary. I'm so thrilled to have him here with us today, John Harlan Kim.
3: Thank you, thank you so
0: much for having me, guys.
3: Very Welcome. excited. Thank Let's you. see
0: if you feel that Welcome. way when we're done quizzing
3: you. <laughs> yeah, day. I'm like I'm, I'm a little mix of like terrified and and nervous and and very happy to be here. <laughs>
0: like like look How at, I like, felt on like, my wedding. Like right?
3: I'm <laughs> like I'm holding the ship in my hands
0: right now. You have no idea what this is. right? No,
3: I've just been looking at all these like little gadgets and widgets <laughs> and things, and I'm sort of yeah. I feel like I've woken up in a bit of a dream right now. This <laughs> is a pizza cutter. The, and I'm the, destroying the, it. the toys, <laughs> the little the little trinkets and stuff like that. <laughs> So It's going to another
0: universe is what's happening. Tell us, like, you know, Star Trek. When I say Star Trek, what what does that mean to you? Like, uh, what do you know about it?
3: I mean, you know, uh, growing up in Australia, I, I sort of, you know, we'd get a lot of these American pop culture references, whether it was, like, the, the hand sign or the live long and prosper. Sure. Um, I remember that was, like, a chat feature on MSN back in the day. Uh-huh. And and I, I never knew what it was from or, or you know, what it meant, really. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. But... Yeah, I mean my my uh knowledge of Star Trek is limited to uh I know Chris Hemsworth was in one of the new movies um because he's Australian because he's Australian <laughs> and uh, um so it's an Australian thing not a Star Trek uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, basically. Okay. Uh and then um and then I, I sort of know like uh, little things about Leonard Nimoy and and things like that, but I I've, I've never seen a single frame of the show. Um and then the only other thing or uh, that I've experienced with Star Trek was Mark invited me to a Star Trek Comic Con as part of a, a table read for one of the movies, and they had... They had oh, me. Oh God! Yeah. I totally
0: forgot and, about that. And so
3: I, I don't know what the film. Uh, I mean, we had a, a, it was a great lineup of. Um, okay, let me ask you, who did you play in that? Do you remember? I, uh, I read Sulu's part, um, yeah. which he would read, make a lot of sense. Read Sulu, um, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, obviously I have a, a huge respect for for George. He, he was one of the first sort of uh, Westernized Asian actors on screen. Um, but I, I not enough respect, obviously, to go and watch Star Trek. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was really interesting, and and uh, I, I I don't even remember the movie. But I remember I had that one line where I was like, uh, they were like, where are we landing? And I was like, San Francisco. And, and the whole crowd went, at Star Trek convention went crazy. Right. And, and you're thinking, uh, why? I, I, didn't get, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it was about. Um, but yeah, I, that's sort of basically my, my Star Trek knowledge. Uh, I know him as Ezekiel Jones. Uh,
0: <laughs> but uh, tonight, he will be Hakara Sulu, the great John Kim. Engage computers. Prepare for warp speed. Shields, Mr. Chekhov. Shields, aye. May fortune favor the foolish. Warp speed, Mr. Sulu.
3: Warp two. Warp three. Steady as she goes. Warp four. Warp five. Warp six. Warp seven. Warp eight. Heat shields at maximum. Warp nine. Nine point two. Nine point three. We need breakaway speed. Nine point five. Nine point six. I'm
0: okay. Steady. Now, Mr. Sulu. I never should have left him. Sir? The mains are down, sir.
3: My God, Jim, where are we? Thing to do...
0: Spock, you're talking about the end of everybody on Earth. Mr. Sulu. Mr. Sulu. Mr. Sulu.
3: Aye, sir.
0: What is our condition?
3: Sir, the breaking thrusters have fired.
0: Picture, please. Earth. But when? Spock.
1: Judging by the pollution content of the atmosphere, I believe we have arrived at the latter half of the 20th century. Well done, Spock. Admiral, if I may, we are probably already visible to the tracking devices of the time.
0: Quite right, Mr. Spock. Engage cloaking device, Mr. Chekhov.
3: We are crossing the Terminator into night.
1: Homing in on the west coast of North America.
0: For those of you who don't know, so two years ago... Uh, I was uh, a consultant, uh, I was helping out uh, the guys at Reed Pop who did a convention called Star Wars, Star Trek, was Star Wars, Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about Star Trek! Lucky
3: uh, they didn't
1: do the Sarah Connor Chronicles,
3: yeah, that's right. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Star
0: Trek Mission New York, it was a huge Star Trek convention in New York, it was their first time doing it, and... You know, I, one of the things I told them was I said, Let, let's do something that they don't do at Star Trek event. You know, we we know about the autograph signings and the dealer's room, and you know they, these things have existed for all these years. But do something different. So I said, why don't we do one of these really cool staged readings, like you know Jason Reitman's doing at the Ace Theater, where we take you know he'll take Pulp Fiction and then put you know uh, George you know George Clooney in it or whatever, or, right. or he does you know Up in the Air with uh, Ryan Gosling or you know what so so. I said, uh, let's do um, Star Trek. And I originally wanted to do Star Trek Two, but they were screening it, and so they didn't want to do Star Trek II. I said, okay, let's do Star Trek IV. And so... We wanted to do non-traditional casting. We put uh, Mary Stewart Masterson played uh, Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. and she was fantastic. Yep. Um, we had uh, for Mister Spock. Remember Damian Young from The Comeback? He was Mister Spock, so dry, so awesome. <laughs> you you played Uh, uh Sulu, um and uh, and it was such. I remember it was a raucous evening. We had, I mean, thousands of people. I mean, the place was freaking packed. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah, and. Um, and, and 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 John Connolly was like Scotty, and he was fantastic. Yeah, uh, there was a
3: really good Russian. Uh, oh, she was great yeah. as Chekhov.
0: How yeah, the ultimate indignity for Walter Caney We we cast a woman <laughs> as Chekhov, and she was great. She was, <laughs> actually, she was actually Russian, and uh, and she wow, what was her name? Oh, she's terrific. But she um, sounded nothing like. Chekhov. She she had just finished doing uh, the Nick for uh, for for HBO Cinemax, and um, she she was wonderful. And uh, I have to look. It up. So we had, but what was great, so we're in the middle, and, and, and for the whole thing, you know, uh, it was, you know, just stage reading. It was great. But then it says, I detect whale sign, and the audience spontaneously broke into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it was so magical (laughs) it was just this incredible evening and um i just smiled and kind of went along with it no No idea what was going on right (laughs) and 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 it was it was great because the the scene on the bus with kirk thatcher the punk on the bus who gets the um the vulcan neck pinch you know is the song in the movie is i hate you and you know so i substituted it out for um, Leonard Nimoy singing the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins, so that's what's on that's the boombox, and people were dying, that's and uh, and it was great, and we got this wonderful standing ovation at the end of it, and um, uh, and I remember you were you were on the plane coming back to LA and you said that a bunch of people were coming up to you on the plane saying how much they loved it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, I mean, you feel like such a phony because uh, (laughs) I I just happened to be in New York at the time when, when Mark had asked me to do it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I remember, but it's so crazy because it's, I obviously understand how popular and how, um, deep this universe goes. Um, and so to sort of walk in it, uh, at, at at probably one of the peak sort of um moments of of Star Trek fandom where all these fan, super fans had gathered together i was sort of yeah I, I couldn't help but shake this feeling of like being just like really um uh just trying not to get exposed as like somebody who knew nothing about Star right. Trek and 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 it was just it's it's not even a thi- it's not like i'm too cool to watch it or anything like that I just um, I remember Australia sort of had their own Star Trek in, in, in farce <laughs> the game. low budget yeah, version yeah they had their yeah, like, oh a farce game yeah, I think you were it was a show called like
0: Solar Trek right. and there was this Aussie actor Paul, Paul Hogan was in right. it, and... <laughs> well, it was Paul Hogan phaser. actually did do
1: Paul Hogan actually did do on his show a parody of Star Trek where he played Spock no he did
3: with, with the makeup and yeah everything so, that's so funny yeah that's just. But this was like <laughs> uh, early
0: days, like in the uh, 80s. So you right. were all far- big Farscape fans. Well, no,
3: Australia. no, I just remember that being on TV a lot. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I sort of had seen a couple episodes of that. But um, yeah, Star Trek, I remember growing up, it wasn't as accessible. Um, but right. yeah, definitely you'd watch something like, you know, The Simpsons or something and they'd make a, a Star Trek joke. And so that was basically my entire Star Trek knowledge right there. And um, But I had so much fun and, and sort of to see the Star Trek fandom in person was uh both uh very eye-opening and and very um almost it piqued my curiosity so um but not enough to watch no it. but it's still not <laughs> enough, to, still not enough to, be, to, to go seek it out but um yeah i mean um i know the new movies are great i, I know sophia butella and, and and you know i i think i've lied and told her i've watched the films but <laughs> but uh but yeah just sort of um yeah it, it's just one of those things i just haven't my world and Star Trek world uh, have yet to collide. Right. So um, right now, I think today is when that finally... Um... <laughs> finally happens.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, my. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Darren, you have some questions for John, you were saying? No. You wanted to ask him about... Uh... Oh, the...
1: right. no, more questions no the... my, my question was, you know, what do you know about Star Trek at this point? Right. You know, um, You know, what... When you you know when you heard people talking about like uh, the original show in the '60s, right? Um, what jumped into your mind, if anything?
3: Uh, just, like, uh, the, the image of, like I guess, Spock um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the blue and yellow... There was a guy with pointed ears, yeah. and there were colorful shirts. <laughs> there was colorful shirts, basically. Um, and he was a doctor, right? Dr. Spock, right? I didn't even know he was a doctor. Right. He's, he's not! He's a child psychologist. Okay, he actually a, have his MD. That's a thing that drives uh, <laughs> Star Trek
0: fans crazy, um... But well, when people refer to him as Doctor, because he was a famous baby doctor, Doctor Spock in the sixties. Oh. So oh. people, are like, ah, I like that show, that Doctor Spock. Right? And you know they're not a Star Trek fan. Right. <laughs> okay,
3: well, I'm I'm, I'm going to be completely open and honest and and vulnerable with my lack of uh, Star Trek knowledge. <laughs> that, but you're you're in a safe zone. We understand <laughs> it's we're, okay. You're safe. You're, you're very we're, gentle with me. You're we're okay. here to help. <laughs> <laughs> Um But basically, everything that I've mentioned uh, is basically it. And then obviously booking. Um, the librarians, one of our um, very uh, often-time director, uh, Jonathan Frakes, would sure. sort of make. Never heard of him. Really <laughs> <laughs> he um, he obviously I think he he maybe guest starred on an episode of, of Star Trek back in the day, but he he would have a lot of stories and things, and whenever he was sort of imparting knowledge, um, one of the greatest ones was uh, we we're doing a Santa Claus episode with Bruce Campbell, who played a, a fantastic Santa Claus, and I guess um, we're in a cargo ship and uh, it's under attack and. It's sort of shaking around, and uh, I guess it was a trick they used back on the old Star Treks, where um, Jonathan Frakes would yell out uh, "ship shake" and everyone would like, you know, um, respond accordingly. And so uh, that was sort of cool to hear these little anecdotes of things they would use to create the effect of being on an alien spaceship. Um, so yeah, that was sort of. And he had stories, and he he taught me the pose and everything, but. Yeah, that that was sort of my. That's still still once again. Uh, what was the pose? Uh, it's the one leg up on the chair, and you know we'd t- try and insert it into scenes. And oh, the Riker pose. The Riker pose, right. yeah. Right. So um, we Riker didn't picture the
1: Riker maneuver, though, did right. it? Right. No, what's
3: that? It's
1: it's sitting on a chair from behind.
3: No, what? <laughs> he, he 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 flips his it's leg like, over Riker and style? sits in the chair. He's a tall oh. bloke, though. He, he can is. do that. He's I'm not tall that tall. <laughs> he's, he's a tall but guy. Just get shorter chairs, and maybe a baby stool. I like, could do the rocking. <laughs> and maneuver. you know where the
0: beard came from? You know, because he was baby faced in the first season, and then there was a writer strike. So over the strike, he grew a beard because he didn't want to shave. Right. So he sees Roddenberry during the hiatus, and he goes, "I like that beard. It looks very nautical." He said, "Keep the beard," and that's why he had the beard and has had it ever since. That's
3: so funny, yeah. Yeah, it's still there. It's still, it's still there. Yeah. I know. And it
0: was long before the man bun, and before it was like
1: trendy to like actually have beards. You know, that's I don't know back if in the nineties, man
2: bun would have played. You know, I don't well. think it plays now. Yeah. The funny thing
1: is, that's exactly the time where I started growing my beard. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I didn't know. You know it's cool. I didn't know about Riker, but I, I watched second season. There it is. I said, hey. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm in line. I, um,
0: I, I guess so. I guess so. You know, it's funny. You mentioned that, that the, with the librarians. We actually put a Star Trek reference into one of our scripts, the one um, with Tears of a Clown. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, there's the episode they're talking about all these artifacts, and, and when they're going through the list of artifacts, one of them is the um, uh, uh, the Scepter of Korab. Uh, and, and it's oh, a reference that. to, to yeah. Cat's Paw, which was an episode where there was this scepter that this guy Korob had, the transmuter, mm-hmm. which they used to... Anyway, I'm talking way over <laughs> yeah. your head now. Uh, but then also, John Larroquette was in Star
1: Trek, too. John,
3: yeah, John uh I think he did a little bit on there. And a lot of the guest stars, because librarians was very... Um, a lot of the casting decisions were very reputation-based, based on people who we already had attached to the show. So we had... Um, uh John DeLancey come in um a lot of people had sort of done one or two episodes of Star Trek back in the day so um yeah it's just it's this cool sort of fascinating world but i think um growing up sort of on the beaches i, I never really was uh, I never had a, a portal, for lack of a better well, word, to into that world. Now you do. Yeah, I... <laughs> so
0: you can ask any question you want. Ashley's standing by. Right. <laughs> what would you like to know about Star Trek or its appeal? Yeah. Or or things that have vexed you, or like what, you know the movies,
3: or what, what would you like to know? Where did it come from? Was it a, a book or something before it, it became a? That's a good question.
2: Well, you see, when a police officer who writes speeches and um, Wagon Train love each other very much. They get together. Uh, Gene Roddenberry um, had this idea. He wanted to do a Western mm. set in space. Um, obviously, cowboys and horses in space are silly. Uh, this so, was in like 1964. Yes, exactly, before anybody else thought about cowboys and horses in space. <laughs> Joss Whedon. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, he he pitched this madness uh, and sold it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he spent, I think we determined on the, the last episode of this podcast, about half of the first season actually losing his mind, um, letting other people come in for stints to gradually lose their minds until three years later, after uh, racking up, what, 79 episodes, the mm-hmm. show was finally and forever canceled uh, until it was then revived as Star Trek The Motion Picture. Um so it really came from the mind of this. Uh, I don't want to say he was frustrated because I think no no science fiction writer has been less frustrated than Gene Roddenberry. Um, but at the time, frustrated science fiction writer who had this completely different idea of how to approach science fiction and how to approach genre on television, and frankly, it was very different from, than anything that was happening in the in the movie world. Right. Um, and you know, somebody gave him the money because he was good at making it sound awesome. And P.S. He was right.
1: Well, he he says that. You know, at the time, he wanted to do a show that had some uh, that dealt with important topics that uh, that dealt with racism, that uh, dealt with war, that dealt with all sorts of important things that you really couldn't get away with on television, certainly at that time. Right. And he he started thinking that you know when he was younger he had. Uh, read the works of Jonathan Swift who of course uh, invented the Gulliver books where Gulliver this character Gulliver goes to these various different lands and sees all these various you know different types of uh, people living there and they are all sort of you know quote unquote alien and strange in some way mm. and he would you know make those societies uh just as screwed up as reality. But he would because he was talking about, you know, strange, faraway people having these same problems and same uh foibles that human beings have, he could get away with, you know, sneaking in sort of message stories. Oh, right. Okay. And so Roddenberry thought, Well, gee, we're in, you know, sort of the modern time now. So if I take that same tact and put it in a science fiction envelope, then perhaps I can get away with telling these you know stories about you know uh, uh you know one race hating another race and not have it be you know hitting someone on the head right. with it you can sort of slide into you know telling people a moral story without having anyone get upset
2: right. right for example you could do an episode where you've got these aliens who hate each other and one group of aliens is they're like white on like one side of their face and black on the other and then the other group of aliens is like Black on this side of their face and white on this side of their face, and that way nobody gets that you're really just telling them an
0: allegory about um, race relations. It's right. the indictment of the stupidity of prejudice. Well, yeah, right. Now that's the episode people point to. It's not a very good episode to be exactly. honest. No, it's a great, it's a, it's great, a, it's of a better idea than yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a realization. It both encapsulates
2: sure. what Star Trek was and at the same time kind of points out kind of the limits of the argument. Right, and right.
0: it's being made during the Vietnam War, so there's a lot of. Um, sort of Vietnam allegories, allegories for Vietnam and what's going on there and also as you know do you know that Nichelle Nichols was the first African-American uh, one of the first yeah, Diane Carroll had had her own show but um, but 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 one of one of the earliest you know African-American actresses who's in a position of command on the Enterprise You plays a horror um, you have you know women in a you know place of power on board the ship um, so it was very groundbreaking you know also we talked about George. Decay Sulu and 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 uh, you know that was a great role because a lot of uh, roles for Asians at that point were either as butlers or servants or mm-hmm. um, and and he he was you know the helmsman he was yeah. he started as the botanist but then he was the helmsman so um, you know Star Trek back then was very groundbreaking and and very important in that respect, and it wasn't very successful. And it was only in the 70s that fans started to discover it and dress up like the characters and go to these conventions, as you know. Right. And, uh, and, And it's when the convention scene really sort of flowered. Because in the 60s, it was a lot of people who read novels, and it was mostly male-dominated. But Star Trek fandom sort of unleashed the modern convention age, where you had a lot of women, you had, to a certain extent, families, cosplay, all that stuff of was born out of Star Trek.
3: It's obsessive, almost. I see it, and I'm like... I love the biggest thing, sort of, especially coming from a country which I don't want to generalize, but is is quite lazy in a sense. <laughs> um, I mean, we, you know, they have it good down there, uh, and and that's the greatest thing. I mean, even recently, Halloween um, was a big thing, and I saw heaps of Star Trek cosplays. Sure. Um, and 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 the thing that got me was uh, how up and about, and how much you guys get around it, and you get so excited about these things, and it, it just it's sort of human passion in its. Rawest form, and I and I really, really sort of seeing it firsthand was incredibly humbling, but also, um, yeah, it sort of it made me appreciate um, how much. Others could appreciate. Things. So let me ask you. So, so the JJ movies come out. It's a big deal. It's JJ Abrams. Everybody
0: knows JJ. Right. Um. Uh, you know, a lot of 2009 good reviews. People are saying great things about the movie. You know, some big stars are in it. Um. Chris Hemsworth. Chris, big Australian. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. But before he was Thor, he was Kirk's dad, right? Yeah. And 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 you're like, oh wow, look at that. Cause, I'm not gonna go see it. Uh, (laughs) What what, what was your, you know, why, you know, now there've been three movies. What was it that did not appeal to you about these movies?
3: I uh, I was in high school still, um, and I guess I I actually, funnily enough, for somebody who now like watches three movies a week um, at the cinemas, I back then my sort of appreciation for film and TV I, I didn't have the story that a lot of people in the film and tv industry do where they knew immediately it was something they loved and adored Mm -hmm. and they would re-watch tapes and tapes of their favorite films and i was very much a casual fan of film and tv until i got involved in it myself and then it it sort of took that that to the nth degree basically but um yeah I, i 2009 i was i was in year 11 uh in high school um Couldn't score a date in, uh, you know, for the life of me. Um, And I think I was more, you know, preoccupied with that. So basically, I probably would have seen it if any of the girls in high school wanted to date me, then I could have taken somebody to the movie. No, if you had been watching it, they wouldn't have wanted to date me. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, yeah. Um, But I've gone from, yeah, not being able to, score a date in high school to, um, to uh, not being able to score a date in L.A., so I mean, I <laughs> to change machinery but uh, And you don't watch Star Trek? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Should have plenty of time for it. Uh. Yeah.
0: That, you know, so, so you decided not to go to the movies. Now, at this point, there have been three of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, if the next one came out next week, would it be daunting? You'd be like, I can't see that because I don't know what's going on. I'm, it's, I'd be sort of lost. That and,
3: might be one of the biggest, um, sort of subconscious reasons why I haven't probably gone is understanding just uh, the layers and layers of of Star Trek history and sort of thinking at by this point almost like, is it too late to to get involved? Is it there's so much that, and 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 even now I'm like um. Yeah, if, if, even, like, if there's a TV show with, like, um, more than sort of, like, six or seven seasons, I'm, I'm, I am I'm guess maybe I have that millennial ADD that <laughs> seems to be going around. The, <laughs> it's uh, contagious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, okay.
0: So I have this trivia book here. Oh, <laughs> it's the official Star Trek trivia book. How enterprising are you? Test yourself on this galaxy this of facts. This is from 1979. From TV's greatest space adventure of all time, created by Gene Roddenberry, but you got to get Gene's name on that. Over 600 questions and answers including photo questions by trivia master Rafe Needleman. Rafe Needleman. Rafe, Needleman. That's a great name, that's, right? That's Rafe my Needleman. Pen name. So we are going to look at <laughs> Rafe Needleman's book and I'm going to ask at random each of you a question. Oh boy. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Okay. See that's not. <laughs> and see if you can answer it.
1: Fill in the blank. Captain. Kay. Blank.
3: <laughs>
0: what does Kirk's attorney in court-martial prefer to computers? John Kim.
3: Uh, brunch. <laughs> brunch. I like <laughs> that answer. Not a bad answer. <laughs> no, no, but it, it starts with it the same
0: word. Same, same letter, same letter. Darren.
1: Um, Alex, I'm going to take books. Uh, you didn't say it in the
0: form of a question. What are books? Yes, you were correct. You <laughs> what are, are books? Quite correct. What are quite jerks? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, now now I, I'm not
3: gonna do the picture thing. Um, this is completely unfair. This is yeah. Yeah, it really I, is. I'm Okay. I feel violated, a little taken advantage of right now. <laughs>
0: You know, that's only if you think there's something wrong with not being able to answer questions about <laughs> right. Star Trek. In any other room, you'd be the cool one. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it just so in happens, in fact, it's... in every other in every room. room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you could like get us into some cool parties, all yeah, right. <laughs> Ashley, just... <laughs> yeah. Fill in the blank. No, y- you are not MORG. You are E-Morg. Not bla- blank. You're
2: not E-Morg. E-Morg. We're
1: going to we're gonna have to go to the uh, judges for this one. Uh, pronunciation <laughs> is a factor.
0: The correct answer is You are not Imorg. That's right. It's spelled E Y M O R G.
1: They don't call it an E M A C. They call it <laughs> an I M A C. Wow. wow.
2: See, I almost want to go to the video <laughs> <laughs> on this one, like to hear her pronounce
1: it. Really? I mean, you, who are you talking to? I actually?
2: know who I am talking to.
1: I know i I'm talking I have every to. 79 okay. episodes now, in my brain. Rafe oh,
0: Needleman no. is getting to the really challenging questions, Darren. Tell him, Rafe. <laughs> what is the chant used to call the Gorgon in And the Children Shall Lead?
1: It goes, hail, hail, fire Melvin and snow. snow. Call the angel, we will go. Far away, for to see. Friendly angel, come to me.
2: And then Roddenberry's lawyer shows up. That's right. Mel- <laughs> played by Melvin Belli.
0: Now, I don't know if I need to tell you this, but he is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I Let me see if there's one more question I can I'm org. ask. I morg. I morg.
2: We'll see, <laughs> Doctorman, if that really is your name. Uh-huh. Doctor Dr. Spockman. Okay. Dr. Dodgerman. Spock <laughs> uh-huh.
0: In the immunity syndrome, who does Kirk condemn to death by letting him use the shuttlecraft to penetrate the amoeba? <laughs> Penetrate the amoeba. Is that, you know... Never mind. (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Is it Mr. Spock?
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) I do believe that John Kim just threw osmosis (laughs) by being on this panel. Ironically. (laughs) Ironically.
2: Has learned something about Star Trek today. <laughs> and and Spock, in that particular instance, arguably, was acting as a doctor.
0: Okay. Not only did you get that right, which is What'd just terrifying, but I'm going to give you the bonus question. What is the best book ever written <laughs> about... Star Trek: The Making of Star Trek by Stephen E. Whitfield. <laughs> I'm didn't finish. <laughs> what is the best book written about Star Trek ever since The Making of Star Trek by Stephen Whitfield and Gene
3: Roddenberry? Uh, I believe it was written by uh, a Rafe Needleman. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The fact of the matter is
0: that you know who Rafe Needleman well, is now is I'm a you know some deep <laughs> trivia. Now it's that's a really a really deep dive. So. Um, <laughs> What's it going to take to get you to watch Star Trek at this point?
3: Um, I think you guys have showed me, at least on the, on the new movies, um, I, I, I think I randomly... Let's, like. Let me stop you. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people
1: who feel that the new movies do not represent Star Trek as we love it. But not, not all. all. Not all. Not all people. I'm saying there's a good right. chunk of people. Right. It's... Uh, the original show is available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And CBS All Access and several other places. Um, I would take a look at some of the second season episodes okay. of there. of the show, because pretty much any one of those are are good mm-hmm. and are fun to watch. Um, the basic the basic premise of the show is that it is a uh, it is basically an aircraft carrier in space and it goes around uh patrolling the planets shoo, like that. Um and it not only visits strange new worlds and encounters new races and new peoples. And it new ruins ra- and new races Yeah, yeah. And, and new race. race. <laughs> and <needlemans. laughs> uh, but it also uh has to police uh, certain areas of space and defend uh, people who have no defense and uh, basically, you know, obviously whatever the adventure story calls for that week. Um, but you'll find that uh, the captain, Captain Kirk, played by William Shatner, um, is the star of the show. And his sec- the secondary characters are Mr. Spock, his science officer, and uh, Dr. McCoy. And the three of them basically comprise a whole person like in, in that mm. oh, yep. def- oh yeah. yeah okay right that, that yeah. Yeah. got, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, that yeah. reference right. yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. yeah for sure <laughs> in that captain kirk uses <laughs> spock's intellect
3: <laughs> uh
1: for uh his own nefarious purposes no, no. spock acts as
2: the um
0: repository you're not helping,
1: Ashley.
2: Not remotely. <laughs> I'm sorry, Darren. Please, go ahead.
1: May I? Yes. Thank you. Spock acts as the superego. This is, you know, the uh the regulator of actions, the uh intellect, the um, the governor. And um Dr. McCoy acts as, you know, kind of uh the id meaning the emotional side okay. of, of a human being's character. Kirk always would go to Spock and McCoy for advice when he would have to make a decision. And so you see in the stories him balancing out the aspects of a personality to come up with a, the best command decision. And the interactions between specifically these characters is fascinating. Because Spock and McCoy don't necessarily like each other. They have to work with each other, but they're constantly at odds. And that dynamic is really interesting, and it plays out uh, well, you know, definitely during the first uh, first series. Right. Um, but Kirk is also the regulator between them. And he diffuses their, uh, their frustration with each other. Um, but the balance of specifically these three characters is really fun to watch and and fun to see develop throughout, you know, the show, and you know when you get into the movies later, um, th- those feelings and and characters are echoed and they come back uh, to some extent later on.
0: Okay, so I would like to ask uh, John because what I'd like to do. Is is see if we can suggest an episode for him to watch, mm-hmm. and if he's kind enough to maybe come back at some point in the future and tell us what he thought. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know... You don't, what, don't have to do a report on what, it. <laughs> yeah, so he's giving you homework. Yeah, right? Work, right? I mean, you know... I mean, <laughs> how, how
3: long are the episodes?
1: <laughs> they are 53 minutes long. <laughs> okay. On so, the original series, right.
0: Yeah, they get progressively shorter as time goes on okay. uh, because of more commercial time for the later episodes, you know, the uh, later shows. So... Um, what, what, is most, what character or what situation is most intriguing? And then we will suggest an episode for you. So, like, is, is it Kirk, the, the machismo leader? Is it Spock, the deep-thinking intellectual? You is you like it McCoy, action? the passionate do like comedy, doctor? Yeah. Do you like comedy? Do you like action? Do you, do you want aliens? Do you want, uh, you know, social commentary? Tell us, and then we will
3: suggest episodes for you to watch. Who, who was the funniest character on the show? Harry Mudd.
1: <laughs> <No>. The funniest. <laughs> the funniest. Dr. McCoy can be very funny. Yeah. Spock can actually Spock can be funny. Usually
2: funny.
0: Um, or you could watch the episode where Kirk turns into a woman. That could be very funny be for very a whole nother reason.
1: Well,
2: if if what you want is funny, <laughs> then I would start <laughs> Trouble with Trouble.
1: Trouble. Yeah. It's uh it, during the second season. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what number it is in the second season. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um but uh it has uh, it has good portrayals of all the characters in it, and it is a, it is a fun episode. It has uh, it has Klingons, uh, the uh, the you know often used baddies in the uh, in the show. It has tribbles. It has grain, lots of grain, <laughs> so
2: much grain. Okay. It has a you know, chicken sandwich and
1: coffee.
0: coffee. So from Aust- you know Australia, you know those fields of wheat and stuff. Yeah. You know, like you'll feel right at home. Sounds like home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has it has drinking. Okay. Which again makes you know yeah, yeah, make, yeah. make yeah. you feel like you are at home. Well,
1: it, it's it was based on the rabbit plague down in Australia. It has a bar fight. It, listen to him, the
0: rabbit listen plague in Australia.
1: Why, Look how he's uh, bringing it home for John here. The rabbit plague. Who knew?
0: I
2: didn't. Well, uh,
1: try and make. That's why, to why he is meetings. an inglorious <laughs> transport. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, David Gerald, the writer, uh, based it on stories of the plague of rabbits down in Australia, in the I believe fangs. the. Not huge fangs. I believe it was in the 1800s. I'm not sure. <laughs> and if you remember, it was a
0: f- it originally was titled A Fuzzy Thing Happens on the Way to the Forum or something. Or, a Fuzzy Thing Happens." Just a Fuzzy Thing A Fuzzy happens. Thing Happened. Yeah. And they were like little koala bears right. before they became tribbles. Wow. And then, then now the tribbles are like these little, they're more like cats, like little cats. But they're just little fluff balls. Really fluff balls. Just... They're very popular but at the conventions. it's a
1: fun episode, and it has all sorts of intrigue and good character moments. Yeah. And-,
0: and John, if you are on a date, women love this episode. Oh, really? It's a good For episode sure. to show. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. if you're going to be you know, I, these guys, these, they, they're making me watch this stupid show, and, and, you know, it's only 53 minutes and change, and if you want to, come on, let's just watch it, and we'll be done, and then we can go out. So... That's the one. I mean, because it's it, it it's cute.
3: That, that's a smooth pickup line, actually. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty blunt. <laughs> Look, I gotta do this homework for this <laughs> stupid podcast. <laughs> These three dudes are <laughs> making me watch this episode, <laughs> and
1: and and they they say they're gonna kill somebody if unless I do it.
0: <laughs> it's the guy who works for uh, Terminator. The Sarah Brunico. <laughs> <Friday, laughs> for <and> forever, forever. <laughs> you could. I, I think Trouble with Tribbles is a good suggestion because it's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say when when my my son, who's who's nine, and we first started watching Star Trek when he was eight. I had to decide, you know, what was the gateway drug to mm-hmm. get him into Star Trek. And he, at the time, he was really into the, he still is into uh, presidential history and, and the presidents, right. of, you know, Washington and all the way to Obama. And um, and he, I said, let's watch The Savage Curtain. And 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 he really you know he enjoyed it because Abraham Lincoln's in that. How Abraham Lincoln is in it is another story you have to for see you. The episode, but uh, but so he he enjoyed that. And he actually his favorite episode is the Menagerie, um, and but he's really into Star Trek now. So but he 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 loves Trouble with Tribbles. Everyone loves Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. It's it's a fun. It's a charming. fun way to introduce yourself to it. You know, it's it's funny. Until you, you said that, I was going to suggest the Corbmite maneuver because I felt that it had all the aspects of Star Trek the, the philosophy Clint but uh, Howard. Clint and Clint Howard um which isn't always a good thing because I had yeah. him in House of the Dead so I can tell you that you know having Clint Howard is not the sign of quality oh. um but uh, there goes another listener but uh <laughs> no I mean I like Clint I just
2: uh-huh. but now he doesn't like
1: us so thank you
0: <laughs> I, I'm just saying having a fine actor like Clint Howard doesn't mean the movie's going to be good that's right. what I'm saying
1: Good,
0: good. I, I, I told you. I, t- I think I told you a story where craft services, and I said, "Oh, I see you're getting some Tranya." He said, "Yeah, I've never heard that one before." Thanks, Mark. Um, wow. No, yeah. no, he was. He wasn't being mean. How dare you? Um, <laughs> That's all I am to you. <laughs> a glass of Tranya. Um, so uh, anyway, but of I course, think trouble with tribbles. Trouble, with, trouble, trouble with tribbles
1: is a good one. Okay. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna. You know, you could start with something from The Next Generation, but honestly, I think Next Generation is made even better when you have a little bit of knowledge of the original skin. Because,
0: like, the best episodes of of, uh, of Next Gen, you can't necessarily appreciate unless you've seen the original or next generation. Because like yesterday's Enterprise, you need to understand the universe in order to appreciate right. that. Best of both worlds, you sort of need to have a background in who Riker is. I right. mean, obviously you know who Frakes is, but who <laughs> Riker is, um, before you can really appreciate best of both worlds. Um, you know, inner light, you have to have an appreciation of flutes, I right. guess. Right. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say, start with next generation Although if you do enjoy the original series, then you absolutely should take a look at episodes of, of next generation. Well um
2: if you wanted to do a companion piece to
0: Oh uh, Trials and, and Tribble, Tribulations you
2: Trials and Tribulations from Deep Space Nine.
0: Wow. Well that's interesting. If you like Troubles with Tribbles, there's a, an episode where they paid homage to it in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Um which was an, another spin off. Uh, many years later, where they go back in time to that episode, to that and episode. they
2: Forrest Gump themselves into the episode. Oh, oh! So, so from a technical so point of view, yeah. it's very
0: interesting because it was filmed, you know, twenty five years after Trouble Tribbles, um, and it's called Trials and Tribulations. Okay, um, and it, it give you a sense of what the Deep Space Nine because Deep Space Nine is a show.
2: Yes, it's a show <laughs> uh, set
0: on a space station. Where the people, and there's some wonderful actors uh, are in it. Uh, Andrew uh, um, Robinson. and Andrew Robinson is Gary. It, it had a much deeper bench. Like you know, a lot of the other Star Trek shows, it really was a star vehicle. We had like three or four characters and then a bunch of other people who did stuff and said lines and like made deck. a lot of money at conventions, but really yeah. didn't do much. Yeah. And then you on um, but Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine.
1: A- a, a group effort. It's like yeah.
0: a, a real ensemble. Right. An yeah. embarrassment
1: of riches. And
0: yeah. and and it doesn't necessarily get the love that it deserves in certain aspects of the fandom. And then you have another show after that. Do you know what the shows are? By the way, I mean Yeah. Okay. So there was a show <laughs> called Voyager which Kate Mulgrew from uh um uh Orange, is Orange New, New Black, Black yeah. uh, is is the the captain on. And
2: it's very much like Orange is the New Black. So if you yeah. watch it, it'll be feel very familiar to you. Go
0: and then uh and then after voyager you had enterprise which was a prequel um, to the original yeah. <ish>. sort yeah. of supposed to be it's
1: it's it's uh, the missions of the first starship named enterprise which we never okay. heard anything about yeah. previously
0: right so um oh and there was a the cartoon there was the animated star trek cartoon right so you know, you know, you wake up with a hangover on Saturday morning. You, you need it. something. You know, yeah, when watch I was the cartoon. Six years old, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I like, hey, I and so then uh, CBS you All Access yes. recently <laughs> debuted a new series called Star Trek Discovery, which started um, about a year ago. Their second season premieres in January. And I,
3: I think Rebecca Romijn just got cast. She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She She's did.
0: playing the character of Number One.
3: She's the Number
1: Two. Number One.
0: Which means now you think, oh, number one. Does that mean she's, like, the best? Yeah. But she, no, number one is that what they call the, the second the, in command. Right,
1: the first officer. The first
0: officer. Oh, and okay. she's playing a role that was played by Gene Roddenberry's wife in the original pilot back in 1964. With a wig. I'm, I'm, with a seeing, I'm seeing her wig.
3: tomorrow, so I'm, I'm going to be asking her. I'll be telling her about this, too. So tell I'm her gonna... you're
0: a big Star Trek fan. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I can't wait. You
0: say, hey, Rebecca, let me tell you, I'm so excited that you are playing number one. six <laughs> no 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Who
1: is number two? You tell, her, are number one. tell her that you're extremely excited that
3: she's coming to be a guest on this podcast. Yeah yeah yeah.
0: Oh, We should have Rebecca and Jerry down and quiz oh, them yeah. about Star Trek. Oh, yeah. yeah
3: no, I, that that is my promise to you. I will I will sit with, there with pen and paper, watching Troubles and Tribbles, <laughs> which is in the second season, somewhere in the middle. Yes. And then. Um, I, I suppose I'll probably have even more questions more than answers for you guys. Uh, Probably. And Dave okay. Needleman will have <laughs> those answers <laughs> and more
0: questions. <laughs> well, that that's that's great. And then um um, you know, it, after you see Rebecca, you have to go and watch uh, um the menagerie.
1: Right. 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 To see
0: who to she's see playing. To see who she's playing. Okay. Major Barrett, who played ended up being major Barrett Roddenberry ended up marrying Jean, but she was Jean's mistress at the time. And she was cast uh, as this character, and the network suits were really unhappy because they're like, "Why are you casting your girlfriend?" You know, he kept saying, oh, "I found this wonderful, new young, exciting actress. Uh-oh. You mean your girlfriend <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and uh, and 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 then when the ser when the show went to series, they wrote out their character. Now Gene would say it's because they didn't want a woman in command uh in a, uh, with a position of responsibility and he said it was a choice of keeping Mr. Spock or number 1 and he went with Mr. Spock the real answer is probably somewhere in between it's a little more complicated than that can
2: you imagine being an actor on set it, you're William Shatner and you're the number 2 on the call sheet your number 1 is number 2 is <laughs> oof it's the is the showrunner's wife yeah what's that political situation like what kind of unholy nightmare would that be
1: well it never happened well so. thank god right but you yeah. know what I'm saying
2: right it's like you kind of look back and go well, well, well thanks thanks NBC because Jesus number one's gone 10 10 11 yeah we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, got a 20 on number one
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, who's our first uh, well John I uh, so this is great so you have your homework assignment Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm anxious to hear. Uh, have you come back and tell us what you think, and you and, can be completely please, honest.
1: Hon- please be honest. Yeah, because we want we want to we want to know what your you know your real reaction is. Yeah, and if you don't like it, then I I want to know why. Okay. Yeah, I really want to know. Justify yourself. We want to, to you know
0: how for years they would pass down the the, the, the Ten Commandments and the, 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 the you know, to new generations and, and you know perpetuate these stories oh, Sarah and Sarah Connor Chronicles So yeah. I, you know, for us it's important that the original Star Trek be passed down through the generations to the next generation mm-hmm. so that they can And the next generation extol also the virtues be passed. of this series, you know, as uh, because you know, I mean you know, a lot of people, you know, will say, oh, it looks cheesy, styrofoam rocks and all that stuff. But at the heart of the original Star Trek are these really compelling stories and allegories, you know, that you find in great literature and, and its religion. You know, the, the so it's it, there's something very unique about the original Star Trek. So it'll be very interesting to hear what you have and to see, say. And honestly, here's the thing.
2: Here's what <laughs> I think. All those, the stories and all that stuff are great. The, the end of the day... The thing that I think you'll feel most of all is that you will want to be Captain Kirk.
3: Okay. Or that Mr. Is, Spock.
2: Or Mr. Spock. Or maybe. Dr. McCoy. Maybe. Mm. But come on. Who doesn't want to be Captain Kirk? I mean, Bill he is a metric, <laughs> intergalactic <laughs> <Kirk>. badass. Yeah. <laughs> That's the important thing. He yeah. redefines badassery.
0: I, I have to I have to tell you, I the the most the greatest experience, you know, there was that, that brief period of time where it looked like we might end up doing a sequel to Free Enterprise. And uh so I had to go uh, to see Bill um uh, because we were talking about some things and uh he says, Come meet me out at the equestrian uh center center in Burbank. In Burbank. So I actually I said, Well, you know, um I um uh, we you know we have plans with the kids that weekend and, and everything. I hate horses. And he and he said uh, <laughs> and he said, No no you know bring the kids down. And, and so literally I had my whole family with me. We went went down the equestrian center and Bill is out on a horse and a cowboy hat and comes galloping up to us, takes off his hat and he goes, Okay, I'll be right with you Mark. Good to see you all And then he galloped away and um I, never saw him I turned either. to my kids and I said to them, I said, You're too young to know it now But this will be one of the great moments of your life. You just saw Bill Shat. You just met Bill Shatner for the first time on a horse. (laughs) I said, "You have no idea how cool this moment is," and and I never cease to to remind them, Uh, John. It was such a thrill having you here yeah, today, I, and uh, I really hope that in some way we have imparted something about Star Trek <laughs> to you as, that you know a little bit more than when you arrived right. about Star Trek and, yep. and have some semblance of interest. And, you know, when you're doing these conventions, I know you're promoting different projects and stuff, and you may have a girlfriend with you or something, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can buy them a Tribble at this convention, and she'll be very touched because that's a really nice—women love Tribbles.
3: Okay. Is that the dating advice I'm getting from the? <laughs> okay, Willis. Any dating advice for John? I'm just or- <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm really. Uh, I'm, I'm verbally locked in for one episode. I will have yeah. my likes and my dislikes listed, um, and I get the feeling that this will either be a very uh, long rabbit hole that I'll be slipping down. No, that's surely yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another rabbit episode. Yeah, there's, whole, there's, okay. there's an Alice in Wonderland reference in shortly, which is 18, a, also a great 30, episode. It's a 30.
0: planet where they beam down, and all these crazy things are happening. Like they see Alice and the White Rabbit, and um, and and um, and then they, they all their thoughts are becoming real. Right. They their, get a
2: little too much LDS. Oh, it,
0: it, it's so it's it's that's a really fun fun episode too. Yeah. But let's. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby, baby steps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, look, if you want to follow John, you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, at John Harlan Kim. Yep. Uh, you can also enjoy him on his regular appearances on television and film. Um, and uh, we hope to have you back so we can hear more about... Your, your newfound passion for Star Trek uh, as we, we, we move on to the intermediate questions in
1: Rafe Needleman's classic tome. It would be interesting to return one day and find out the crop that sprung from the seed you planted today. Yeah. Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
0: and then, you know, honestly, uh, we have to look at Rathacon as as, as something for you to, to watch as well, because cool. that is largely considered the most entertaining. Of the Star Trek movies, and I think very and, accessible, and by very the way. accessible for a new fan, and you know, sort of knowing your 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 you know your taste, which is good, you know, highbrow, cool taste. You know, I think you get a a, a kick out of uh, you might enjoy Star Trek two or Star Trek four for that matter. Well, we'll we see if enjoy. he likes Tribble. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. well, we'll save that for another discussion. Cool. So, John, thank you for being. Ashley, again, thanks for being here. Thank you can follow Trek experts on Twitter and Instagram at Inglorious Trek, as well as on Facebook, where you can continue the conversation by suggesting show topics, including stuff to buy women at conventions, <laughs> and <laughs> give us feedback on every episode. In addition, if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars at Apple Podcasts. You can hear new episodes of Trek Experts every Sunday, now on Sundays instead of Mondays because Monday, you know... What a day. What a day, what a day. Wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're a fan of Star Trek Discovery, don't miss our new... That's another Star Trek show on CBS All Access. Okay. For our fans who don't know anything about Star Trek. Don't miss our all-new podcast, Disco Nights, with host Chase Masterson from Deep Space Nine. Uh, And she'll be joined by special guests every week with all-new episodes premiering every... Thursday night, and finally, a very special thanks to the great Bill Ritter and everyone here at the Electric Sturge Network for making this show possible, including Natalie, who's back there somewhere. And the hey, Natalie, hey, Natalie. we Natalie. couldn't do it without you. So until next week, on behalf of Darren Docterman, Ashley Miller, John Harlan, Kim, and myself, Mark A. Altman, keep on trekking and gloriously, of course. Shh, engage.
1: My prayers are for you. Good night, sweetheart. I'll be watching all.